Acts chapter number 20. And we're going to continue our lesson that we started last week. And if you remember, uh, the lesson was entitled, Don't Just Stand There, Set That Ship on Fire. And uh, we've been talking about discovering our destiny. We've been through this series. We've been really talking about how it is that uh, we do that. And, and uh, we learned about, first of all, uh, the tools that we need if we're going to live out God's destiny for our life. And, and we said this, we said, number one, we needed a serious mind uh, as, as Christians, as people. We need to get a serious mind uh, for the things of God and the things about God. And then we also said that we need to have a pure heart. Uh, if we don't have a pure heart, in fact, uh, if, if we don't have a heart that wants to follow after God, that's not pure in our motives, pure in our response to God, uh, then we're never going to live out God's purpose for our life. And so we talked about how important that is. And then we also said that it's important tonight that we understand we have a courageous spirit. That was the third tool we talked about, having a courageous spirit and how important uh, we need to have the right kind of spirit. Then we said, fourthly, God's wisdom. We cannot find the purpose of our life uh, without having and asking for God's wisdom. And then we said a life of faith. We got to believe that God has a bigger plan for us than we have for ourselves. And then we said the steps we take after we have those tools and understanding those tools, the steps we said, we need to refuse to trust ourselves. We need to seek and surrender to God's will. We need to pray once we feel like God is leading us towards something. And then we said we need to ask for godly counsel. And so we said in all of these steps to take, they're so important that as you take these steps, when you finish taking those steps, that you start what we're learning about tonight and really what we talked about and what we started talking about last week. And that is putting some action to what God has showed you, all right, putting some action to it. And we said in Acts chapter 20 and verse 24, that's where we kind of started off last week. And so I'm going to read it really quick uh, as we get started tonight. It says, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I re have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Paul said this, he said, I know God has called me to do something. I've, I've had a serious mind about it. I've, I finally have a right heart towards God. I've got the courageous spirit. I'm willing to go where God sends me. He, uh, God's given me the wisdom of what uh, to do. And he says, I, I've, I've have a life of faith. I'm willing to trust that God's going to do what God's going to do through me. He took the steps that he needed to take and finally gets to the point here where he says, now, I'm, I'm at a point in my life where I'm willing to give my life for Jesus. I'm not counting my life dear unto myself. I'm not going to look at my life and say, what I think is most important is most important. He said, whatever God thinks is most important now to me is most important. In fact, there came a point in Paul's life where he said, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Life wasn't all about him. It was all about the Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, as we begin to follow these steps, if we're going to fulfill God's purpose for which he created us, the plan that he has for us, then we need to take this final step of saying, you know what, now I just need to go for it. Now, just to kind of review some of the notes that we started last week, we said 
First of all, move it or lose it. It's time for action. We said once we go through these steps, now it's time to put action to those steps. It's time to say, okay, now let's move forward. We, we wanted to move forward, so let's move forward. Now, we talked a little bit about this, and we said in order to have action in your life, you got to first determine to move forward. It's got to be a decision that you make that you say, I'm going to be determined to move forward. It's not something that uh, I might do, I'm still thinking about. No, once you make the decision of, okay, let's put some action to this, then you determine to move forward. But then we said this, whenever you determine to move forward, listen, expect the devil to distract you, to detour you, or to delay you, okay? Uh, the devil does not want you taking action in your life. Uh, whenever you decide that, hey, I, I want to date the right kind of person in my life, I want to have the right kind of boyfriend or the right kind of girlfriend. Expect the devil to bring the wrong one into your life. He will try to do that, okay? Now, the devil will try to get you distracted in your mind. Uh, he, he, will, uh, he will try to get you off the decision that you know to be right. Uh, you might make a decision and say, I, I really need to have the right kind of friends in my life. Listen, expect the devil to provide ways for the wrong kind of friends to get in your life. Because the devil wants to distract you. He wants to distract me. He wants to delay you. All right? Uh, the devil will start putting thoughts in your mind like, well, you know, I'll always have time to do that. Uh, you might decide tonight, you know what? I need to read the Bible more consistently. Right? Uh, Jason was asking earlier how many of us were able to read at least one verse or read a chapter this week. But you know what the devil's lie to that is? What his defense is? Is... Dude, you can do it tomorrow. It's not a big deal. Oh, you know, you're so busy today with homework, you can put that off till tomorrow. You can put it off till next week. You have the rest of your life to serve God. Do what you want now. Have fun now. And all that the devil's trying to do, young people, is to distract us from doing what we know is right. And so whenever you determine to move forward and say, okay, at least I know this about God's will. I might not know what he wants me to do at 35, but what he wants me to do at... At age 15, right now at school tomorrow, I know he wants me to be a good testimony. He wants me to make sure that I'm not uh, cussing all the time and, and, and uh, trying to be uh, someone that's an encouraging uh, person to other people and one that's sharing the message of Jesus Christ with other people and, and one that's trying to help other people. Once you know that's what God wants you to do, then determine to do it and expect that the devil is going to try to stop you from doing that. Don't be surprised that the devil does that. And then as you move forward, express faith and make your decision. Expect God to do something when you do that. Expect God to use you in some way. I think so many times, younger, uh, we, we, we can get to a point in our life where uh, we kind of live the Christian life expecting nothing to happen. Um, this used to happen to me um, when I was younger, especially, uh, we used to go uh, door knocking a lot as a youth group uh, back uh, when I was in youth group. And one of the things that would always happen is uh, if you've ever gone door knocking, uh, and that's basically you go to house to house, you knock on the door and you invite them to church. That's, that's what you do in door knocking, right? And I remember so many times going up to a house and either ringing the doorbell or knocking on the door and hoping that nobody was going to answer. 
right? I was like, oh, I'm so scared. I don't even know what to say. Please, please, nobody be home. Nobody be home. Nobody be home, right? Uh, and all I want to do is like, I'm just going to leave the invitation on the door and that way I don't have to talk to anybody. And when they open the door, they'll see it and they'll know that our church was here, you know? And, uh, and that was my expectation. And then of course, when somebody opened the door, I'll be like, oh, hi, hi, hi. You know, like, what do you want? I, 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 yeah, <laughs> church. Uh, you know, you, you had to get used to kind of talking with people, but my expectation was nobody answered. And so many times I think about it in my Christian life, that's kind of how sometimes if we're not careful, that's how we share God with people. Like, I, I'm, I don't know if they're going to believe me. I don't know if they're going to laugh at me. I, and so instead of having faith that if I'm a good testimony, maybe they'll want to come to church. Hey, maybe they'll want to change their decisions and maybe my friends will want to do what's right or, or maybe, uh, maybe we can impact our school. Instead of having that kind of expectation... So many times our faith is so small, we think nothing's going to change. So when you take this and make this decision of saying, I, I'm, I'm going to determine to move forward, I'm, I'm going to put some action to what God has called me to do, express faith in doing it. Have an expectation that God's going to do that. And then after you make this decision, here's another truth you and I need to understand, and that is this, expect immediate testing of a decision. Expect immediate testing of a decision. Every uh, decision you make for God will have a testing about it. In fact, in the book of James, he says, you know, uh, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations or trials or testings is the same word. Uh, Expect that. That, that's something that happens when you make decisions. There's going to be some testings of that decision. And so we said this, we say every right decision is followed by immediate testing. Every right decision you make will have a testing to it. The testing of your decision will always lead to greater blessings. If you can have faith, If you can go forward and continue making the right decision through that testing, you'll find greater blessings. I think of someone like Abraham when God said, I I want you to sacrifice your son. That just seemed like, wait, what? It was the son that God had promised him. He was 100 years old before his son was born. And now uh, Isaac was probably around 13 years of age at this point. So Abraham's 113 years old. And God's asking him, I want you to sacrifice your son to me. That was difficult to do. And yet we find that Abraham, in that testing, followed through and was ready to give his son's life, and God stopped him. And through that faith led to even greater blessings. And Abraham had more of God's blessing in his life through his obedience. So just remember, when I make a decision, there's going to be testing. If I, if I can continue my faith through the testing, God will bring greater blessings into my life. And then, then we talked about this. What kind of promised land is this? And this is kind of where we ended last week. We, we talked about uh, how the children of Israel, when it, they went into the promised land, uh, there was a lot of battles to be fought. God had promised them the land, but he didn't say it wasn't cost you nothing. He told them, you're going to go in the land and you're going to fight. 
And it ain't going to be easy. And there's going to be nights where you're going to be hungry and you're going to, you're going to find that there are going to be uh, some enemies that are going to be bigger than you and stronger than you. And God said, and here's where faith comes in. You've got to believe that I'm going to help you win those battles. And young people, you're going into a stage of life where there's a lot of things that can overwhelm you. I, I don't know if, about you, but have you ever woken up on, like on a Monday and been overwhelmed with school? Ever thought like, I don't want to go to school today. I, I don't even want to go this week. You ever been in a relationship where you feel like, this is such a difficult relationship? I, I don't know about you. I remember when I was in school, there were times where I was like, can I just transfer schools? <laughs> Maybe if I go to another school, things will be better. You ever had that thought? You know, this, this, this is not working out for me. I need a new environment. I, I just need to get out of here. There are days like that, but you know, in those days, that, that's when you're battling. That, that, that's the battles you have in life. And, and the battles just keep getting harder and harder, and because they get harder and harder, you need your faith to grow bigger and bigger and greater and greater. You've got to believe that God is going to help you. Now, we said this. We said God's blessings are more than you and I can handle, and that's why God has a process for us. And not everyone's process is the same. But God's blessings are more than we can handle right now. And so God's got to prepare us. And so God is preparing you to be strong enough for his future blessings. That's why he gives us testing. Right? You can think of it this way. If you want to use a school analogy, this is why we have homework. We have homework so we can do better on the test. And you have tests so they can determine, are you learning something or are you not? And that's the whole purpose of tests. Tests is just to see, is the student learning anything at all or not? Testing isn't really to see how smart you are. It's merely to know if you're learning or not. Some people learn faster than others. Some people learn faster through reading a book, while others learn faster by holding a book and moving the book. Some people can read um, an article and, and start working on their car, and they say, oh, okay, I know what this is, and they can do that. Others, like me, we need to watch a YouTube video. And then we go, oh, okay, that's how you do it. That's what that book is talking about. Maybe you're more of a visual learner. Either way, the whole point of a test isn't to say, oh, I'm a genius. I, I know a lot of people that can pass tests really well and have really high scores, and they're just not really that bright when it comes to life. And they have trouble in their relationships, and they have trouble in their marriages, and they're so smart, but they can't even stay married. They can't even have friends that love them, and they can't serve and love others. And I wonder, how much does all that knowledge help them? Not very much. That's why the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When you have more of God's Word in your mind, then you're really learning something. Don't get so caught up, young people, and I got to have the best of grades. Listen, you ought to do your very best. All right? And if you do really well, praise God for it. Be careful to not let that go to your head. Because it's, it's very easy to let that go to your head. It really is. Listen, I, I can tell you, when I was in high school, I, I took a, a little bit of calculus my senior year. I had a 97 in that class. I guarantee you right now, I can't even do Algebra 2. Okay? 
Back then, I thought, oh, man, that's, that's pretty good. And, and, and you might think, wow, that, that means you're smart. No, it doesn't. Like I told you, I can't even do Algebra 2 today. Okay, I promise you I can't. I can barely remember what formulas are for, for geometry. Okay? The, the point there, what I'm trying to tell you is, I did that just so I could pass a test, but I didn't really learn it. And the reason that God is testing us is not just to say, okay, now I know, you know, that, so I can pass this. No, no, it's not to puff us up. It's not to say, oh, we're so spiritual. It's just to say, God, what are you teaching me? And learn that lesson. Now, there are three critical areas, and this might be new tonight. There are three critical areas of testing in our life. There are three times in our life where testing really becomes critical. And the first one is this. The first one is that you're really tested your first year or two of college. Okay? So you seniors, some real testing is coming in the next couple years of your life. Now, that doesn't mean there's no testing for those that are freshmen or sophomores in high school. That doesn't mean there's no testings for you. It's just one of the serious testings in your life is when you're like 18 and 19 because you know why? You get into a different a different kind of life at that point, a different stage of life. At that point, there's nobody waking you up at 8 in the morning to make you go to school. Now you you got to wake up and go to school. There's no professor that's going to call you and say, have you been doing your homework? The professor's just going to flunk you. And you say, well, you know, whatever. Well, the problem is, is that you're paying a lot of money to be at college if you're going to college. And suddenly, you have to be more responsible with your life Sometimes in high school, we, we have the blessing of perhaps having a parent that helps us out or, or having a teacher that really takes an interest in us and, and tries to help us out and mentor us. And, and you have that kind of blessing right now. But let me tell you, when you get 18 and 19, it becomes harder to find those people. And so there's a critical testing time in your life during those first two years of college. And then another testing time comes in your life, and that's usually the first few years of marriage. It begins to test your faith and how serious you are about God. How serious you are you about being faithful to someone else and loving someone else? And uh, how faithful are you and how serious are you to serving one another? First two years of marriage do this. They test you. They test your faith. And then, lastly, you're tested your first few years of faithfulness to God. Now, I, I've been so proud of, of so many of you here in the youth group that You've, you've had a job, or you have a job, and, and you've already decided already as a you know, sophomore, junior, in, in high school with your first job, you're saying, hey, I'm giving 10% of whatever my paycheck is. And I think that's a huge blessing. That's a huge testing. Because God has given you a job, and here's the test. Are you going to be faithful to God with that job? And so... It's important for us to understand there's testings in our life, and one of them is that, that kind of test, testing. Am I going to be faithful to doing what God has called me to do? To just obeying those areas that I know I need to obey in. We find that uh, these areas and these times in our life, these stages in our life are so important to testing. Now, this last question as we end tonight's lesson. How do you pass the testing of a decision? How do we know that we're passing? How do you know that you're making the right decision and, and passing? How do I pass the test? Well, number one, 
You're going to pass the test when you refuse to entertain doubts. The president of my college in Bible college used to say, don't doubt in the night what God gave you in the light. In other words, if you know, and maybe there was a time uh, in, in a, one of the youth meetings and, and you said, man, I felt God was telling me that I need to change this in my life, all right? And I need to, I need to break this relationship in my life. Don't get to the point where the day that you're going to do it, start doubting. Well, maybe this isn't the loving thing to do, and, and maybe, maybe, I, maybe I don't need to do this. That's called doubting in the night. Now when it's time to actually make uh, follow through on the decision and you start doubting, usually that's going to keep you from making the right decision. So refuse to entertain doubts in your, in your mind. Secondly, renew your commitment to God's call. Renew it. I think I shared with you uh, this a few weeks ago, but sometimes we make decisions at camp. Listen, remind yourself of that decision. Some of you tonight need to remember, okay, like six months ago, uh, uh, Brother Taylor Gillespie was uh, at camp and he was preaching and, and I made some decisions. Hey, renew that commitment. Say, man, maybe I haven't been faithful. Maybe I broke that commitment, but you know what? I'm going to renew that commitment tonight. Passing the test means renewing your commitment to God's call. Number three, returning to Scripture. Always come back. Hey, what does the Word of God say? What does the Bible say about this? I need to, I need to uh, work on that. So return to Scripture. Uh, number four, remember God's promises. Sometimes we need to do that. Just remember, hey, God's going to help me through it. Just remember that. Remember, remember God's promises. And then number five, lastly tonight, renew your strength in God. Renew your strength in God. So many times, people in the Bible had to do that. They had to come back to God and ask Him, would you just renew my strength? The psalmist did that so many times. So many times he had to remind himself, oh yeah, that's right, God, you promised, you promised you were going to help me. You promised you're going to give me strength. Now, God, since you promised that, I'm asking you and reminding you, God, give me strength. And you got to do that over and over. These five things are going to help you to pass the test of moving forward in your life to getting to God's destiny. And I want to challenge you, challenge you to apply these five things into your life as you move forward on your decisions.